You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on diversity, inclusion, and understanding for Black cultures through conversations that help us connect to ourselves and each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bridge to You podcast. I'm your host, Monique Russell. Today in my chair, I have Dr. Edward Johnson III, Dr. The Real Deal Love. He focuses on love and marriage and relationships, and I really can't wait to connect his experiences and his story to how we connect to love as Black people. He's an entrepreneur, a speaker, an author, a grandfather, and the founder of Love University. Welcome to the show, Dr. Real Deal Love. Hello, hello, hello. I am excited to be with you, uh, Monique. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to a great time with you and just to begin to, I guess, add value to our people and to your listenership. That's the name of the game, adding value. So I'm excited to be with you and thank you again. My pleasure. Okay, I'm going to jump right in because when I was preparing for this show, I read that you started off in cosmetology and you have over 30 years experience in cosmetology. <laughs> and I think about this because you know what? I just got my hair done yesterday. And I know that when people go to get their hair done, they let their guardrails drop. You know, the true emotions are often shared. And this is where the truth really, really comes out grooming, hair grooming is such an integral part of Black culture. So I want to get your thoughts. What is the connection to hair, beauty, and love, if there is one? Mm, there is a connection. Down through the history, it has been known that a woman's hair is her glory. It's her covering. It's the thing that identifies her. You know, you look at uh, the Supreme Court justice, you look at men of old, you know, with the white wig, you know, it's an identity, you know what I'm saying? So with a woman, her hair is her crown and glory, and she's very fussy about her hair. She's very particular about her hair, you know what I'm saying? So when a woman is looking for someone to help her maintain her hair, she's looking for someone that she can trust. As you know, the story of Oprah Winfrey uh, said she went into this salon one time to get her hair done and they did this relaxer on her hair and it looked good for a day, but it all fell out. <laughs> like, ah, you know, all of her hair is gone. So she said, you just can't trust. And it happened to be a white salon. She said, you just can't trust a white salon that really doesn't know black hair and how it works to really handle your hair. And that's what a woman is looking for. When, when she's looking for someone to care for her hair and handle her locks, She's looking for someone that she can trust, someone that is skillful and know what they're doing, someone that uh, takes in consideration her facial features, her body type, how her hair is best suited for her 
habitual structure. You understand? So there's such an element of trust there. And then once she trusts you with her hair, she begins to say, if I can trust you with my hair, I may be able to trust you with my life. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's where the stories begin to uh, begin to collide because, you know, I would always have the consultations with my uh, clients and, you know, I would always talk with them and we would always just have a heart to heart as to what I saw, uh, what my professional expertise was to let them know I wasn't just going to do anything to your hair. I was going to do what was best. Okay. I'll never forget it. People feel like, you know, I know what's best for my hair and this is what I want you to do. I said, listen, my title was I was a curl management specialist. I help women manage their curls. Okay, because black hair is not nappy hair, it's not kinky hair, it's curly hair, extremely curly hair, but it's curly hair. So I know what's best for my hair. I said, listen, I'm the kind of curl management specialist where I will say to you, if you don't want my program and the way I see it, I don't have to do your hair. And that's just the way it was. Okay, so as time went on, they said, I can trust you to do my hair. And uh, I would sing a song to my clients after getting a few services under their belt and they're getting comfortable with me. I would sing a few lines of the song, getting to know you, getting to know all about you. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that before. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? When I'm with you, getting to know what to say, how to handle you, how to treat you. And that's the reason hair, beauty conversation, it all ties in because when you're able to service her at the level that she needs, you're able to take her look to the point that she's confident and comfortable with it. She exudes a certain level of confidence and positive energy because everything is as it needs to be. When a woman's hair is where it needs to be, she can have one just a, a pair of jeans around the house and a white t-shirt. But if her hair is in place, girl looking good. All right. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that specifically because I do know how it feels when my hair is done where, where I'm comfortable, where I feel confident and the energy that I do exude. So I can certainly relate to that. And I feel also too, especially as black people, you know, this whole aspect of trust, you mentioned trust a lot in this topic around hair and beauty and love. And I love that phrase that you said, if I, if she could trust you with her hair, she can trust you with her life. And that's when the heart opens up and that's when those stories begin to share and the truth begins uh, to be revealed. So when you think about trust and trust as being that foundation of all types of relationships, you know, can you share with us any type of experiences that you've had where you've had to maintain trusting relationships or you've had to rebuild or strengthen trust in situations where Maybe it has been broken. That is such a good question because when it comes down to uh, relationships and trust, all relationships is based on trust. If you're getting work done at your home, you're asking the contractor, can I trust you to come into my home, deliver a service to me, know what you're doing and deliver it accurately so that I'm pleased with what you've done? He says, yes. He asks you as a client of mine, can I trust that you have the money in your bank? <laughs> so when I finish and you write me that check, it doesn't bounce, okay? <laughs> so 
it's the foundation of every relationship. And when it comes down to uh, just my personal relationship, just in terms of making it personal, I have been married to the same woman for over 40 years. And in that relationship, there's been times when I've broken the trust and it's not an infidelity thing, it's that I trust you to be sensitive to my feelings and some of my needs. And you weren't in tune. And as relationships go and as relationships grow, uh, we have to understand if your level of commitment is where it needs to be, I will be better today than I was yesterday. I will take time to become more in tune today than I was yesterday. My wife said something to me when we were having a debate and, you know, because, you know, I want to win. I want to win in my marriage. I want to win with my family. I said, honey, I said, I am many things, but one thing I'm not is a mind reader. Okay. She looked at me. She said, when you take on a wife and a woman, that's the first thing you need to be is the mind reader. <laughs> I thought I had her. I thought I had her cornered. You know what I'm saying? What, what she's saying, what, what, what women are saying is, uh, have, you, have you taken the time to get into me and to really start, not so much in reading my mind, but if you're into me and you're reading my body language, you are aware of what's happening and what I'm going through. Okay. Same thing in all relationships when it comes down to uh, rebuilding the trust. That is something that you will do in your marriage, in your relationship with your children, in your relationships and business. It's something that you may have dropped the ball, okay, in some area. It may not be major, but, you know, however, it's still a miscommunication. It's still a hurt piece. It's still a misunderstanding. And then there's a need to rebuild. And that's one of the things that I really subscribe to. I heard someone said it like this here. It says the six most powerful words in the English language is, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. It's done. Mm, that's beautiful. I really think that when we're diving into vulnerability, just like what you said, um, you said you had experienced a time, you know, in your relationship where you know, that trust was broken because you didn't feel like you were receiving the sensitivity that you needed for your needs at the time. And I think that a lot of men have this challenge. I wrote an article about risks for Father's Day and about the risk that sometimes men struggle to take, which is being vulnerable and showing how the needs or their sensitivities need to be met. But if they can do that to show that their children or people who are watching can see how much courage that they had in order to overcome whatever challenge they were facing. This could change the trajectory of relationships at an elementary level, at a more adult level, and even in the workplace and beyond. So when you got to that place where you had the trust that was broken, what did you do specifically to rebuild? Well, one of the things is first to admit that um, I blew it or I wasn't sensitive or I really didn't understand you. Or, you know, we talk about the straw that broke the camel's back. It's really not the straw that broke the camel's back. It's all the other, it's all the other straws that were added on. And as a man, and I thought that was such a powerful statement that you made in terms of the risk when it comes down to men and how we as men have to understand that we're vulnerable, 
one of the things that uh, women say sometimes about a man, a man is not as intuitive and as sensitive as a woman is. That's not true. A man is just as intuitive because intuitive is a higher think on faculty, intuition. It's just that oftentimes women develop their intuitiveness to a greater and a higher level, okay? Because it's all about development. So a man admitting that there's some areas that I'm vulnerable, there are some areas where I'm inadequate, there are some areas where I'm insecure, okay? and to begin to identify them and open the communication around them. See, it was something that Les Brown said that I thought was so interesting. He said, you know, when we ask for help, you know, people take that to be weak or wimpy or I don't know enough. He said, it's not that you're weak, it's that I care enough. I care enough to let you know I'm missing something. And by all means, if you understand where I'm at, I'm risking you pass in judgment on me, but I'm willing to take the risk for the gain. And the gain is for me to be whole. And that's what we want our black men to understand is the importance of being whole. Not a fragment, not a piece, but being whole. And that's my position when it comes down to the relationship is really for the black man to understand his role is a powerful role in the relationship because the woman and the man and the children need and look for his direction and his growth and development in the relationship. It's very much needed, okay? And one more thing I wanted to add to that, that I, I was talking about this for Father's Day and my godmother shared this with me. You know, it just caused me to just think and she shared this with me at least 25 years ago. She said to me, every child needs its father in its life, no matter how insecure, no matter how sorry he is, or no matter what he hasn't or has accomplished, every child needs that father in his life. I said, even if he's not, you know, one of these great spectacular fathers got it all together, she said, I don't care where he's at. The children need him, not once, not just a once, it's a need. So I just encourage the fathers, I encourage black men, wherever you are, your children need you powerfully in their lives. What I love so much about what we're getting into is so many angles and aspects of depth. You know, this show is a lot about our understanding and connection as black people to black cultures, to black experiences. And I think starting this conversation with love and starting this conversation with acknowledgement and acceptance is the place where we actually need to be. And I know that so many people struggle with that. I love when you said, start with admitting, admitting that you're wrong. And I know that that is also a piece where people tend to struggle, especially if they've been heartbroken, because you can carry a hurt for a very long time. You can live your life. You can go on just having your family, doing your job. But sometimes a heartbreak, a hurt, a rejection, it can impact your life for a very, very long time. And I listened to one of the things that you shared when you were talking about an experience with your mom. And she shared that story about being heartbroken after 70 years. Mm. Can you share with our listeners 
what that situation was all about. Wow. You know, the thing that I, I, I find that is so interesting, and this happens to be a very key component with particularly as a Black man, as Black people, I didn't realize or how much I suffered with low self-esteem. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize all the people around me that suffered with low self-esteem. When low self-esteem is, is something that you're dealing with, you want to look at the backstory and you want to begin to understand the years of slavery. You've got physical slavery, you have mental slavery, and then you have psychological slavery. Amen. Come so, on. So, so, so you can be you can be enslaved in your body, but free in your mind. You can be uh, enslaved in your mind as well as in your body. You can be free in your body, but psychologically, you're still in slavery. The the chains are still on your mind. So, understanding that, my mother, you know, when I look back at her story and I look back at the life uh, of my mother, you know. I started as Ed Johnson, just working with my daughters. I have five children, uh, two boys and three girls. And I started with my daughters and, uh, you know, just working with my daughters and getting them through school and just all the holidays and the time that we spent together. Uh, I started realizing as my daughters got older, I would tell them, uh, you know, you're beautiful, you're talented. They would say, oh, you're supposed to say that. You're my father, you know? And then I started realizing, I said, if my daughters have me in their lives, and they're questioning their value. I said, can you imagine the little girl, the teenager, the young lady, the woman that doesn't have father actively engaged in their lives? I'm not talking about just in your life. I'm talking about actively engaged, okay? There is a difference. There is a huge difference because (laughs) I bust this myth all the time. And I had a conversation about this very recently because that narrative that, oh, it's only this type of person that's going to have a challenge or only people in single parent homes or only people in certain geographical locations. I bust that myth all the time because you can have two parent homes where the mom and dad is present and there's no active, to your point, active engagement or the engagement that's present is actually harmful to the Mm. child. So I'm in 100% alignment with you. I really wanna thank you for your courage and for your bravery for sharing about the aspect of self-esteem. It's one piece that I feel that as human beings, if we are struggling in that area, that impacts how we connect with other people, how we connect with other cultures, how we connect with other peers, other um, individuals. And so as a black man, whatever you've done to acknowledge that, to admit it, to now rebuild that aspect of self-esteem, I want all of our listeners to be encouraged to know that you're not alone. So my question to you, especially as you think about your own story and you think about what your mom went through and carrying a hurt for 70 years, I liken this to what Black people have experienced over time. How do you begin to remove that wound and to rebuild yourself uh, from a loving standpoint? How do you begin to connect those dots? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. And, uh, you know, one of the things that when I started to 
uh, create a voice. And I began to title Dr. Love. Someone said, well, why Dr. Love? I said, one, because when you understand love, all healing takes place under the auspices of love. And that's what's needed, a healing, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, physically, there's a healing that needs to take place. When I look at my mother, my wife had cooked dinner and she was eating. And I don't know if you, you know, heard the whole story, but your listeners may not have heard it. So I'll just briefly mention it. My wife is an excellent cook and she cooked dinner one day and she said, Do you, would you like to take dinner to your mother? I said, absolutely. So I took dinner to my mother and she was eating and she said, oh, Lynn always looks out for me. And she was just eating and she was just so happy. And I'm just sitting, you know, watching her eat. And just out of the clear, she says to me, he broke my heart in the midst of eating. He broke my heart. I'm like, who, mom? She said, my first love. I said, really? She said, yes. My mother's 87. She was 17 at her first love. I said, mom, that was 70 years ago. She said to me, I remember it like it was yesterday. See, it's like a chain. When you look at the links on a chain, when you pull up a chain, you can't help but pull up the other link connected to the link prior and the link after that and the link after that. So, you know, as you pull up the pain, you start to see there's another pain connected to that and another pain connected to that. So, you know, over the years, when you couple up what my mother went through as a black woman, you know, just the the ups and downs, just the putting down of, just the looking down on her as a black woman. And that's one of the things that I just wrote today uh, in just my statement. I said, I'm gonna post it. Who's looking out for our women? Who's looking out for our women? So when you look at her and all the years that she carried that, and yet and still she was able to put together a life, raising children, getting married, cooking dinner, working. She was able to do all that and still remembering 70 years ago, my heart was broken. I was like, wow. You know, how many women can identify with that story? And then how do we begin to build the bridge from where I am to really where you really are? And I say it like that specifically, because how do I build a bridge from where I am? Because here's where I am. But in my mind, I'm really there. That's where I really, I see myself as a successful woman. I see myself as a successful man. I see myself as a successful black person. However, I've been limited by a limited self view of myself. I don't see myself as I see myself. I see myself as I've been shown myself. And that's a lesser light than the great individual that I am. So in order for the healing to begin, we've got to go in and understand who we are. And we are spiritual beings. And we've got to understand where I may be looking healthy and prosperous on the outside, inside, I'm hurting, I'm in pain. That's when I began to say, how do we really help people understand what they went through? And that's my message that I share with women, I share with men, it's not your fault. You're going to have to understand that. You know, people say, if I knew better, I would do better. Not oftentimes. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you do stuff that you know better, but you don't do better because there's something called the paradigm. 
a paradigm is simply this. It's a mental program that has almost exclusive control over your habitual behavior. It's a mental program. And my mother went through a mental program until she got to the point, and I'm talking about this is later in life, where she begins to understand, I cannot continue to carry my pain because what I'm thinking about, what I'm dwelling on is showing up in my life in other relationships, in other areas. So the healing is to begin to understand, I've got to begin to let go. Yes. I've got to begin to understand that forgiveness is not for you, it's for me. Yes. Okay, because I'm holding on and consuming a poison that's not poisoning you. <laughs> okay, it's poisoning me. And science has proven what the mind dwells upon, it brings upon. It just brings it into your life. So that's the reason I always like to begin to just introduce paradigm in there because there's a need for us to begin to shift what we've been thinking about what we've been meditating on and the woe is me, okay? You've got to begin to understand, yes, someone did me wrong. Yes, I've been hurt. Yes, you did me wrong. So what? Now what? Oh my God. Okay, so that was powerful. I mean, extremely powerful. Bridge to you listeners, I told you Dr. Love was going to bring the heat, okay? And he brought the heat. Um, I love this framework and this system that you've given us in terms of how to rebuild when trust has been broken and when you are carrying hurts within yourself come from whatever area, self-esteem, um, heartbreak relationships, uh, how you see yourself, Wherever you're carrying that hurt from, the first aspect is to begin to admit. I heard you say so many things, hair and trust. If I can trust you with my hair, I can trust you with my life. Trust is also the foundation of all relationships. And if your trust has been broken, whether that is with a parent, a friend, a coworker, a boss, another culture, you have to first go into that mindset of admitting that I have been wrong. I know that that takes a lot, but sometimes we have to understand where those chains are coming from. Psychological enslavement, but physical freedom is a situation that many people are walking around in. And so when you talk about this mental paradigm and for us to begin to understand it, for us to learn about healing, I want all my listeners to make sure that you listen to this episode at least four times because <laughs> each time you will begin to learn and hear something new. Dr. Love, Dr. Johnson III, before we begin to wrap up our session today, there's one thing that I heard you say that I really want to get your insight on, and that was around empowering women, rescuing men through empowering women. When I heard that, I was like, whoa, can you tell me, what do you mean by that? One of the things that in my uh, research, and that's one of the things that, you know, in my title, uh, my daughter said to me when I was going on the interview, she said, make sure you uh, tell them who you really are. I said, uh, who am I? 
She said, your doctor, the real deal of, because you give the real deal. And when it comes down to what I found in my research, it's been estimated that women mature seven to 10 years faster ahead of a man. That's a fact. Women are our most advanced thinkers. Women are advanced thinkers. So when you understand a woman's ability to prune her thoughts, to reshape her mind, to reposition herself in terms of how she processes her thoughts and her emotions, she's an advanced thinker. When it comes down to man, man is not an advanced thinker, but he is absolutely a powerhouse. So when we understand the power that a man is wielding and the influence that a woman has, see, I was on an interview and a woman said to me, she was going through some challenges with her husband. And she said, what would you say to me about my husband? I said, well, I really subscribe to letting women know there's no such thing as an ordinary man. She said, whoa, wait a minute. She said, you don't know my husband. I'm apologized at the beginning of this because I said something to her. Someone said that was kind of strong. But I, she said to me, you don't know my husband. I said, you don't know your husband. He's not an ordinary man. Every man is an extraordinary man. He may be living an ordinary life. He may even think he's ordinary, but every man's a king. So when we talk about understanding the power that he is, the, the power that he has, the king that he is, if a woman understands the influence that she has in his life, on his life, through his life, she begins to rescue him and create an atmosphere for his transformation. Because a man is not ready for marriage or for a serious relationship unless he undergoes a transformation. A woman is not ready for a relationship. She's not ready to stand in the gap for that man unless she goes to what I call the pilgrimage. So when she goes to the pilgrimage, she's able to stand and help him through the transformation and she understands her position. And my goal is to empower her in her value. Okay, I empower her to one, understand her value. Two, to internalize her value. Three, to demonstrate her value, okay? And when she demonstrates her value and she's got those three things in place, she's empowered to rescue him from just thinking he's ordinary and average. And if a mother, and that's the relationship that I have with my mother, me and my mother, I cook with her, I work with her, and she was just the woman in my life. If a man happens to get past the nurturing, the caring, and the structure that his mother puts in his life, his second greatest chance is the, with the woman that he desires. It can't be the woman that desires him. It has to be the woman that he desires. Because if she's the woman that he desires, he will move heaven and earth for her. Okay, there's so many things in that piece that I would love to dive in deeper. Uh, we're not going to do that on this episode today. Some things I agree, some things I definitely want to challenge and explore. Um, mm -hmm. But it could be around the verbiage and how it's framed. Um, but I definitely understand that whole aspect of empowering a woman and what happens when a woman is empowered and how that translates to every single person 
she comes into contact with. I think sometimes we have this false belief or understanding or high expectations that don't take into consideration the reality of what we have faced as Black people all across the world. And I'm not talking about individually, I'm talking about collectively. And so when we are uh, pushing those traumas and those barriers to the side, we come with unrealistic expectations, especially when it comes to Black men, to have this sort of perfection, um, even though they may not have been exposed to or may struggle with self-esteem or may not have the tools or the mentorship to carry out what's needed. So I want to thank you for sharing that information with us and, and really giving us these words of wisdom and encouragement. For all my Bridge to You listeners, make sure that you subscribe to the show, leave a review, tell Dr. Love how he inspired you, what a great session this was, connect with him on LinkedIn, and let's continue the conversation. Until next time, take care and be well. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Visit clairecommunicationsolutions.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Monique Russell, or Instagram at Clear Communication Coach. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.